Hey, welcome to the C3 Victory Podcast. We're praying this message encourages you, grows your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Thanks for joining us. Hey though, I am excited about the word this morning. So we are going to jump right in with a story. Okay, I tried something new this week and it was really helpful because it gave me a really good illustration for my sermon, which is always a good thing. But this week, I went and did... Reformer Pilates. Where is, where's Emily? Oh my goodness, Emily Lindgren. She, um, anyway, I'll, I'll come to her. Anyway, it is monumental that I went and did Reformer Pilates because I am a boot camp girl and I have a belief that if you don't sweat, you're not doing anything. Right? Who's with me? Anybody? It's a few out there. And so I'm like, oh, this Pilates and this Reformer Pilates, like it's just the pretty people exercise, right? They just want to put their pretty exercise clothes on and go and look pretty and then add reformer Pilates. That's just putting a pretty bed in it and trying to make yourself look glamorous, right? Okay, that was my perception of reformer Pilates. But who knows, sometimes we need good friends in our world who tell us, hey, maybe your perception is a little bit wrong, She's like, why don't you just come and actually try it? And I'm like, well, maybe I will. So I did. And to be honest, while I was doing it, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, you just get to the point where it starts hurting and then she changed the exercise. I'm like, what good is this? Like, we need to be going and pushing until we're collapsing on this bed. But anyway, we got to the end and Emily's like, how did you like it? I'm like, oh, yeah, well, it was good. But I tell you what, when I woke up the next morning... That's when you know that it actually did something for you. And those things that they talk about, like strength and stability and core, which I haven't seen since the four kids, like those things are really important. And they actually have muscles attached to them. And I felt them for probably the first time. And so maybe I'm a little bit along my journey of changing my beliefs about reformer Pilates. What does this have to do with today, Pastor H, you happy? Are you going to come next time? Okay. What does this have to do with the sermon today? Well, glad you asked. I have been thinking lately that sometimes we get incorrect perceptions about God. And those incorrect perceptions create wrong beliefs. And then we live out of those beliefs And quite often, we can live out of them and not even know that we're doing it. Like, we actually think that what we know is true, right? And as a world, we are totally about behavioral modification. That's how we tackle any problem. If something's wrong, well, we just change the behavior. But the thing is, it's actually all about what you believe that matters. When you actually change your beliefs, that's actually what changes your behavior, That's a truth that that we need to know. And whenever something comes up in our world that we don't like, before we immediately go to behavior change, what we should be asking ourselves is why? What, What are I believing that's actually leading to that behavior in my life, right? And so my perception about reformer Pilates created this completely wrong belief and I acted accordingly. I avoided it. I never thought it had any value And I've come to realize that we can do the same thing with God, right? We can have circumstances happen in our world. 
We've got experiences, we've got our past, we've got what the world is telling us, right? We've got all of these things that happen in us and they go into this big melting pot of beliefs inside of us and we can develop these incorrect perceptions until somebody like a good friend goes, hey, maybe you should just check that perception. Maybe you need to check that belief. Does it actually line up? with who God says he is. And that's what I really felt the Holy Spirit wants us to do today. You know why? Because he always wants to release us into new levels of faith and understanding. Like his whole purpose is that we would draw nearer to him. And when we have incorrect perceptions about who he is, that actually create blockages in our lives. And so I'm believing the Holy Spirit's going to release stuff out today. And I'm excited for what he would do. If you've brought your Bible, why don't you turn to Matthew 16? And we're going to start at verse 15. But, you know, we come into this story. Jesus has been teaching. He's been walking through the land. He's been healing. And he is creating a stir. And he's walking along with his disciples. And in verse 13, he says, you know, he asks them, well, who do they say the Son of Man is? He's talking about everybody else. And the disciples start piping up. Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say it's Jeremiah. And they start listing off these different names and the different perceptions that were going around town. And we're going to pick up in verse 15. So Matthew 16, verse 15. And Jesus turns around and he actually looks at his disciples and he goes, well, okay. But who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. I love that story. Who do you say I am? Right? Who do we say God is. And everybody had this perception or this opinion about who Jesus was. And they would have been filtering Jesus through what they were seeing, through their own opinions, through their own experiences, through whatever religious, you know, world that they lived in. They were working it all out through what they could see. And they were comparing him to others who had come before him. But Simon Peter sees something totally different. And the reason was because he wasn't relying on his own perception, but he was listening to God's self-revelation. How good is that? Do you know God wants to reveal himself to you? Do you know he's not like a secret trying to hide out there and making it really, really hard for you to work out who he is? His entire heart is that you would know him more. And so he makes himself revealed to us. Sometimes we just get in the way. And we don't let that revelation in because we've already made up our minds. So who do we believe? Do we live in our own perception of who God is? Or do we live from his self-revelation? That's the question felt like the Holy Spirit really put on our hearts today. Are you ready to dig in? Woo! Okay. Incorrect perceptions are not obviously glaring, like they're not glaringly obvious all the time. But here's the truth. No matter who you are, it doesn't matter if you're new to Christianity, doesn't matter if you've been walking for decades, 
You do not come to Christianity with a neutral belief palette, right? You bring a whole bunch of stuff with you. Neither do you walk through life as a Christian and don't have things that come in and challenge the beliefs or what God says in his word. So we're always getting these things trying to imprint on our belief system, right? And Christianity, Christianity is, is, is not a religion, hey? It's actually stepping in to an entire new belief system. And what would be really awesome is if like an Xbox game, right, we could just take that CD out and put it over here and take the new belief system and put it in there and suddenly I have this full understanding of who God is and who I am and it's all been sorted out. It doesn't actually happen like that. It would be really awesome if it did. But that's actually the journey we are on. As Christians, right? We are getting rid of the old beliefs and we are putting in new beliefs. That that's meant to be the journey that we're on. But sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we just assume, oh, we just got this whole new revelation, and oh, well, I don't really have to do much about it. Like I became a Christian, it should all just be there. You know, I can remember being at university. And I remember thinking, oh, God, you're totally restrictive. Like, I'm looking over here at everybody partying and having fun. And and I had this concept of God that you're just like the rule man up there, right? You're just going to tell me what to do. And that's just not fun. That's a completely incorrect perception about who God is because true life is actually found in him. Those things might look like fun on the outside, but they actually don't lead to life because God says in his word that he has come to give us life and life abundant, right? My perception of God was this one thing, but it's not actually the truth. Like we, we all have those things in our lives. I can remember thinking the Holy Spirit was really risky. Like I went to a conference and I saw some weird things, like really weird things. And I'm like, I don't really know. It it put me off for a long time because I'm like, I like control. And that Holy Spirit guy is going to make me do really weird things and make me look like an idiot. I honestly thought that for so long, right? And so I held him at arm's distance until I actually sat under some great teaching and I actually read my Bible and I experienced the Holy Spirit and I realized he's not out there to make me look like an idiot, right? He's a person who's actually come to help me understand who I am and then when he works in and through me, there's going to be power, there's going to be life, like I want him in my world. You see, these incorrect perceptions block our relationship with God and actually the fullness of life that gets released to us. If you keep going in that story, I love how immediately after Peter has this revelation of who Jesus is, Jesus turns around and prophesies to him about who he really is, right? So you pick up in verse 18, and I tell you, Peter... On this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hey, Peter, this is actually who you are. I love that, right? As soon as we know who God is, that's when we know who we are. All right, this is what we're going to do today. So let's, why don't we just pray before we get started. 
Lord God, I just pray that today the eyes of our heart would be enlightened just as to how great you are, God, and just how much you love us, Lord, and that you have revealed yourself to us so that we can know you. Holy Spirit, I believe that you're working in our hearts right now. Would we just lay aside, just lay aside anything that we think we know and be open to what it is that you want to say to us. Holy Spirit, we're expecting that there's going to be freedom in this place today. We're expecting that our faith is going to be expanded as you speak with us. Holy Spirit, we'll choose to partner with you in what it is that you want to do in and through us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, a really good place to start would be to ask the question, what do we check our perceptions against? Right? Sounds simple, but it's actually really important because a lot of people out there claim to have the truth. And one thing that I notice is there's a lot of really cool-looking people. They're often younger than me. They're wearing the latest clothes. They're on social media, and they're telling you that they've got the truth. But do you know what? I just had this phrase, like, don't confuse style with substance. Just because someone looks really cool doesn't mean that what they're saying is actually the truth. And we go to all these other places to work out what is true instead of the one place that actually is the truth, which is the Bible. Like how much quicker will we go and scroll through social media, listen to a podcast, then we will actually sit in the Word of God. This is the inspired Word of God. If you're not sure if you can trust this, why don't you go and have a chat to Andrew Ute over here. He would love to show you all the historical evidence and reliability that tells you that what you are reading in here is actually the eyewitness accounts of the people who walked with Jesus. Right? What you are reading is the stories that were written down by the Israelites. It is true. We can trust it. And this is God's revelation to us. This is where we actually find out who he is, right? If what we think doesn't sound like what we read in here, that's actually the red flag. That's the red flag that maybe what we think isn't right and what's in here actually is. Instead of going the other way around, right? Oh, well, I better kind of try and make this sound more like what I think so that it's more palatable out here. Come on, we got to love this word. We've got to believe in it, that it's not just dead, empty words on a page, but it's actually speaking life and truth into our heart. Okay, I've got to move on. I could talk about the Bible for a long time. So what does this actually say about God? We're going to be here for the next 100 years. No, just kidding. We are going to actually just look at two things because this says a lot about God, right? It says a lot, but I felt like the Holy Spirit just really zeroed in on two things today. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write down completely revelation. It's going to blow your mind. You ready? One, God is not limited. How good is that? God is not limited. Now, I have to admit something. I am limited. I can't actually do everything. You know, my daughter, Gracie, who's in here, 
She's worried now. What am I going to say? <laughs> she always says to me, Mom, why would you choose to go to bed at 9.30 when you can stay up to whatever hour you want to? <laughs> I have to go to bed at 9.30 because I'm exhausted. And if I don't go to bed at 9.30, Grace, I'll be a really grumpy mum the next morning, right? I need sleep. I run out of energy. I run out of creativity. I run out of people stuff, right? I just need to retreat and have a little bit of time to renew and refresh. This is the reality of humanity. We are finite beings, right? We are bound in this world of time and space and our mortal bodies and our minds, We'll process everything through those limitations. That's our experience. And because of that, what we can do without even realizing it is project that perception on God. And we begin to think that he's limited. We begin to think that he's going to react like we would. Oh, I've stuffed up for the hundredth time again. God must be so disappointed in me. Now, that's a human limitation. We would be disappointed in ourselves. God loves you. God is always calling for you. God is always with you, right? He sees you through his son, Jesus. He doesn't react towards you like we would in our own human limitations. The truth is, right, God is not limited. We begin to trust in ourselves by trying to fix the things because we stop praying for breakthrough because maybe God just isn't hearing me or maybe God just doesn't want to fix this or maybe God is too busy dealing with somebody else's problems. That is a completely man-made construct. God is not too busy for you. God has not run out of creativity. God has not run out of energy and power to be able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. God is not limited. You know, and we can, we can say that. We can say that. But do we live from it? Do you know what it says in the Bible? It says that our God is transcendent and eternal. They are really big words for saying that he is out of this world. He has always existed from the beginning of time, will exist throughout all of eternity. He is way outside our bounds of time and space. He is beyond anything that we can think of. He does not behave like a human, right? God is not created. He is the creator. If you go to the very first book of your Bible, right? Right now, go to Genesis. Don't get too old for Genesis. If God is starting to feel a bit too small, read Genesis. Do you know one of the best things I do is read Louis Giglio devotions with my kids every night? If you're feeling like God is too small, go to Kurong and buy yourself a kid's Louis Giglio devotional because you will learn about things like gamma rays, which are phenomenal. And God is more powerful than gamma rays. Like gamma rays are more powerful than our sun. And God is way more powerful because he made gamma rays. Gamma rays would incinerate us in a moment. God is bigger than that. I'm being really serious. I love these devotionals. But they all come from the creation and Genesis. So this is why we can't get too old for Genesis, right? Because in Genesis 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then, bam, God is just calling things into existence with his very voice. Oh, my goodness. It's phenomenal. It's revelation. Right? If God is feeling too small in your world right now, can I encourage you this week, go and sit in Genesis. Just Genesis chapter 1. Just meditate on it and think, oh my gosh, when I walk out at night and I see those starry skies, how phenomenal. And if you're not convinced with me, we're going to go on a a little bit of a journey, right? 2 Samuel 7.22, how great you are, sovereign Lord. There is no one like you. There is no God but you, right? Don't believe me? Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Isaiah 55.9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And Ephesians, like my favoriteest book of the Bible, says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship. This is the God that we believe in. Do you know the famous theologian Augustine said, if you understood him, it would not be God. If God ever becomes like to a space that we've got him in a box, it's not God. This is such a good thing because we need a God that is way bigger than us. Otherwise, what are we doing? Right? And you will find this consistent revelation in the Bible that tells us that God, I've just lost my sermon, it'll come back in just a second. You'll find this consistent revelation in the Bible that tells us that God is greater than all things, right? That God is the almighty creator of all the earth, right? And The enemy wants you to shrink back, right? The enemy wants to cast doubt in your life on God's greatness because it makes you forget who you are. That's why when disappointments come in, oh, disappointment's a huge one, right? Disappointments come in and we start to think, oh, why didn't God come through? If God is who he says he is, why didn't he come through? And the enemy gets on that and sticks in our head and starts to make him smaller because he doesn't want you to remember that you have all that power that we just spoke about that was the same power that raised Christ from the dead, right? He wants to forget that that's in you because he wants you to shrink back and to stop praying for breakthrough and to stop believing that God can work in and through you. He wants to make God small. It is a really, really slippery slope when we start to interpret God through our circumstances rather than interpreting our circumstances through God's revelation of who he is. Come on. Is that getting you excited? Because if God is a bit small, this is going to change your world. It's going to release you into incredible faith because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when I read these amazing stories in the Bible, God wants to do them again in and through us. And golly gosh, our world needs it. Our world needs like people. Oh, what about, I was reading the other day, Peter and the beggar. Love it. 
If you don't know this story, he's just walking along to the temple, right? And this beggar goes, I need some food, clothes, something. And God go, and God, well, God through Peter, goes, I don't have that. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And I read that story and I go, oh my gosh, I would have gone to the practical. I would have been like, oh yeah, here, I can find something to help you. And I'm totally forgetting that I have the living power of Christ in me. And I could say, hey, get up and walk. You know what next week is? Next week is Pentecost Sunday, which is when we remember that the power of the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples and that enabled them to do the amazing miracles we see in Acts. And when I was praying, God said, do you know what? Do you know what it is this week? They need to remember, we need to remember how big he is so that we spend this week preparing, getting excited and anticipating what God is going to release in and through us when his power falls on us, right? That's actually who we are. Sometimes, you know one really practical thing that I find really good to do if you're feeling like God's too small? Talk to yourself out of Scripture. Mel, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created those? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Mel, remember this. I put my name in there. Do you know what happens? The spirit inside of you knows that that's truth. And when you tell your spirit to agree with the truth that's already in there, it builds you up. When I put my name in there and I start yelling at my spirit to believe it, I get excited. But you've got to do it every day. You've got to live in this space every day. Otherwise, everything else tries to imprint on that belief system. God is not limited, people. But here's point number two. God is not distant. We might think that such an almighty God is so far away. But I love what David says in the Psalms. He goes, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. The entire revelation of God through Scripture is that God is so mighty, yet He loves us. And He wants to be in a relationship with us. And it's so unfathomable in our wisdom because it is so not what we are conditioned to think a deity would do. Right? Deities are meant to be driven by power. They're meant to be doing their own thing. We're just here to be their minions. That's what deities are. But not our God. He is so not like anything we could ever imagine. Do you know what you turn to Ephesians in 1, 4 to 6? It's what I just read to you before. Bookmark that in there because it tells us that He predestined us for adoption to sonship before the beginning of time in accordance with His pleasure and will. He did it because He wanted to, not because He had to. That is such a key for us to understand. God is pursuing you because He wants to. And in the Bible, we see Him like He walks with Adam, right? He rescues Noah. He saves the Israelites. He anoints King David. He sends Jesus. He empowers the Holy Spirit. Like there is not one story in here that is not telling us that God loves us and God wants a relationship with us. Why? Because God's very being is entirely relational. 
You know, I've done a deep dive this week into the Trinity. As you do. Best thing. You should do it. We renegade the Trinity to some theological term. It is not a theological term. It is a present reality of our God. If you are new to faith, I want to encourage you. The Trinity is simply this. Our God is one God, right? There is only one God. But what we see in Scripture is that He is expressed through these three distinct persons of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the reason that is so amazing is because it tells us that our God is actually a God in relationship. Like His very being is relational. He doesn't just do loving things like He is love. It, it blows my mind. Like the Trinity should just completely make our mind, where's that emoji, you know? But we've got to sit in it because somewhere along the way we start to perceive God as just maybe He'll do a loving thing here and there. Maybe His love is just over there, but it's not actually for me because I've stuffed up too many times and He couldn't possibly love me with all of that abandon that I read about in the Bible. We begin to think that we're not worthy of it. We, we hold God at arm's distance. That is not who God is. That is not the God that we see in the Bible, right? Jesus was not plan B. The Holy Spirit is not an optional extra. You get a three for one deal. My goodness, how often we neglect parts of God. Like we just, maybe you relate to God the Father, but when was the last time that you really had a revelation that the Holy Spirit wants to live in and through you and that it's actually through Him that you are talking to God the Father and it's through Him that you appropriate all the things that Jesus did for us? Like, or, or maybe you're just all about the Spirit and you've kind of forgotten about the reverence of God and His might and His power. When we know and love God in all of Him, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it expands something in us and it affirms in us that He is love, that everything that we read in this Bible, like we can trust Him. We can so trust Him because this is who He is. He is a God who is not limited and He is a God who not loves, He is love. Right? He is love. And we can be a Christian for a long time and just lose. Gosh, lose the wonder of that. We should wake up, honestly, we should wake up every morning in the wonder of God. And that's what God wants us to. If we start to feel dry in our spirit, we just need to get back to the wonder of God and experiencing His love in and through our lives. And we need to check our perceptions because maybe we're limiting God or maybe we're just holding Him at a bit of an arm's distance because we think that we've, we've blown it or, or maybe once upon a time we walked really, really powerfully in God. But that fire, has just gone out a bit and we kind of think we can't go back. Maybe that was our time back then. I tell you what, that was not your time back then. 
God is doing a new thing in and through His people. And we want to always be available and always be open to what it is He is doing in and through our heart. We don't want to get stuck in a cycle of doing things for God. We don't want to get stuck in a cycle of being dry. I read an amazing thing this week that Timothy Keller had written, amazing man of God who is now celebrating in heaven. But he spoke about how we we end up being needy. We end up looking for things in the world when God is just a concept to us. And I'm like, that's so it. These things about God, perceptions, they're just concepts. They're not truth. When we know God in His truth, in our being, we are not the same. I fully believe, I am fully expectant that the Holy Spirit is wanting to pour out upon each and every one of you from the back row up there, right, right down to the front. I am so expectant that this is a church who is going to move in the signs and the wonders of God, that this is a space that we come to on Sunday, every Sunday. What has been happening for the last year, it's it's not just a once-off. It is something that is meant to be the reality of our lives in here on Sunday and when we go out, right? I am convinced that that is who we are because I know God and I know that that's who each and every one of you are. And when we get together, that's when, right, it all explodes so that it encourages and empowers us. And then we go outside and we do it all over again. Come on. I want to, do you hear the Holy Spirit right now? He's saying, come on, come on. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our upcoming messages. We would love for you to connect with us by heading to c3victory.org.au.